Hello and welcome to Backing Paper. This is episode 17 of Backing Paper and it's going to be great. Uh, it's not going to be great because Rachel's here because sadly, uh, Rachel, it's her dad's birthday today and so she couldn't be with us. Um, at least that's the reason I'm giving. Rachel did actually say it and I'm going to see if I can find the exact words here for why Rachel said that she didn't want to come. She said, because um, my dad says, thank you very much. I wished him happy birthday because I'm a kind person. Uh, and he says, we both think you should go and enjoy your date with Mike tonight. Um, Aloha, aloha from us. That was good reading from the phone as I was getting along. Um, so yeah, Rachel didn't want to be the gooseberry in uh, my romantic candlelit date with a lovely gentleman from the far, far side of the world from us. Uh, it is a delight to welcome to Backing Paper, Mike Caputo. Mike, how are you doing, dude? Well, hello again, Graham. It's I like we very well. haven't spoken for the last hour and a quarter whilst I've been it's been ages. <laughs> Ah, um, Mike, it's fantastic to have you with us this evening. Um, one, it's fantastic because we've got some great emails and some great cheap shot stuff to look at. But two, you can tell us a bit about what you're doing with the Hawaii Darkroom because there's a Kickstarter going on right now, which everybody needs to know about, especially people. I mean, I'm sure we've probably got thousands of listeners in Hawaii, I would imagine. So um, what are you doing out there? Well... I'm opening up a community dark room in Hilo, Hawaii. There's nothing like it out here in the state. There's really no place to go and develop film or process it unless you sign up for college or you're in high school and your high school has one. So I just thought it'd be really nice to offer the community a place to go. And that's what we're doing. And I've been busting my ass for the last three weeks trying to set it up. And I'm working from the second I get up, basically, until I go to sleep every night. But it is so much fun. And I'm meeting so many people along the way. It's just really fantastic endeavor. I'm very excited about it. And you're pretty much, I mean, the well, in both times, you're pretty much there with the Kickstarter. But also, you're pretty much into and ready to go with the darkroom, aren't you? We're getting close. I mean, we have the enlarger tables put in. We have a lot of the enlargers. There's the sink just got installed yesterday. And the space is, it's, it's a modest space. It's, it's kind of small, but um, the location is really nice. It's in a Hawaii. building that's 100 years old. Right, it's in Hawaii. And you could walk out the front door and watch the surf. You could hear the palm trees blowing through the dark room window. I mean, you just hear the wind rustling the flowers around, and you could even hear waterfalls in the distance and unicorns prancing along. It's a really fantastic place to be. It sounds quite nice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, it sounds arguably significantly better than winter in Brexit Britain does right now. Um, so I mean, what level do I need to pledge at for your Kickstarter that you'll just fly me out there and never make me go home again? <laughs> Is there a level for that? <laughs> Oh, the kidnapping pledge. Yes, yeah. of course. Of course. We, we just keep you out here for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's dollar pledge. Yeah, that's fantastic. What great value. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we didn't really give you much of an introduction or by we, I mean, I didn't give you much of an introduction because I just assume that probably quite a lot of people follow you. You have quite, you're quite active on Instagram. Um, you've got lots of people following you already. Um, and I feel that part of the reason that, you know, we had to get on because you and I are basically, we've got so much in common. We're like twins. I mean, you know, you do fantastic darkroom work. I know what a darkroom is. Um, you're a fireman. <laughs> 
I've got a log burner in the living room. There's so many things <laughs> that we're just on a wavelength already. Um, my brother, my brother. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Brother from another mother, um, another bigger, stronger mother, judging by the gene pool that you came from. Um, we uh, talked about actually some of your work quite recently because you sent me some stunning prints uh, a few weeks ago for the Cheap Shots Challenge, which were a delight to get. But um, do you just want to talk a bit about, because uh, what amazes me is relatively speaking how short you've been doing this for um how long have you been shooting film for stop and how long have you been doing this darkroom stuff for so shooting film i probably picked it up about five years ago and processing it myself maybe about four and then i started making prints maybe a year and a half ago setting up a dark toilet at my house and it's i don't know I just, uh, I had, I took photography in high school, and I didn't do very well in class. I, I barely passed it. I mean, it was an elective. I think I was chasing the prom queen too much and didn't really care about photography. So, I mean, the interest came to me much later in life. Like I said, I, we were talking about earlier, I was traveling around the world. I was stationed over in England in the Air Force. I was sailing around the world as a merchant marine and i never took one photograph never you know i just didn't really care about it and about five years ago i just really got interested in photography and film and i got bit by the bug and it just kept growing and growing and after printing in my bathroom for the last year i i just thought man how cool would it be to have a, a public dark room and because there's nothing like that out here and i was just kind of waiting around hoping somebody else would do it or it would eventually would happen and I said you know what I'm just going to do it myself I'm going to make one and I'm going to see if it's something that would interest people and see if we could get enough members to keep the facility going so it there seems to be a lot of interest I'm getting a lot of support and there's already people from the mainland who would like to come out and host workshops so it, it looks really promising and we have a good solid membership base already i believe we'll see if they sign up but um there's definitely the interest so i'm really excited about that yeah that's really cool i think it's important also to mention that because not everybody lives within easy commuting distance of hawaii um you do also have some rewards for people who just would like to support it because why wouldn't you because it's just cool and get prints uh, and like i said i can say from my own experience the prints are quite lovely so um it's definitely worth checking it out um what is the uh internet email uh whatever it is address for the kickstarter you know, I don't even know. It's just uh, the the Hawaii Darkroom, I guess. Uh, there you go. Look for Hawaii Darkroom on Kickstarter. There cannot be two of them. I think we've already established that there definitely yeah. aren't two of them. There's only one, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually intrigued. You said you got into shooting a film uh, like five years ago, and it sounds like pretty much got into photography sort of properly five years ago. You know, you, I don't mean this in a negative way, but you're not a young man. Um, what was it that kicked off your, your interest in this? Because you, it's a bit too early for a midlife crisis yet, just. Um, uh, but what is it that makes you think, oh, I'm going to pick up a camera and and why? I mean, is going super hard on things just your, you know, when you get into a hobby, you just go that way. What was it with film? So... I first bought a digital camera. I guess I guess when social media, I, I wasn't on social media for a while. I might have joined Facebook in like 
2012 or something. And my real dear friend, Jack Flynn, had one of these Sigma DP Merrill cameras. And I was just looking at his photos, and I thought, man, those look so great. I'd like to have pictures like that. So he told me the camera he was using, and I picked one up and started using uh, the Sigma for a little while. And they take really nice photographs. And it, I don't know if you are you familiar with that camera, the Sigma DP2? No, of course not. I, I mean, I've heard no. of Sigma. That's good right. enough for me. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so I had one of those for a little while, and I was taking pictures of surf or whatever, you know, just stuff around here in Hawaii. And I wanted to take more pictures of surf and go into the water. And I came across another guy who's a good friend now, but, um, you know, I met him through Instagram and this was John Hook, and he uses a Nikonos and takes 35-millimeter film photos of surf. I thought, wow, I really want to try that. So basically got into film through surf photography, swimming out in the water and just taking pictures of the surf with that 35-millimeter film camera. And it just sort of evolved from there. And then next thing I know, I had like 50 cameras and uh, an expensive hobby to maintain. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed every step of the way. Uh, that's really cool. Well, um, yeah, do go and check out check out the videos on the Kickstarter. They're, they're well worth a look. Um, and so even if you're not any, anywhere near it, you can always support. Uh, just get a print or just you know, chuck some money that way because it's just a fantastic thing that there's been something done all the way out there. I set um, up the Kickstarter that way because I thought, you know, it might be nice for people who who – are interested in this project or even if they might come to Hawaii sometime, you know, or just a way to show support for somebody who's trying to get the community involved and, and grow it basically grow the yeah. film community. Sure. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Thanks. And, um, yeah. And also it's just worth going there just to see the videos, uh, you know, as you probably already gathered, you know, the fact that Mike's a blooming surfing firefighter. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just, he's, <laughs> He's ruining it for the rest of us scruffy, beardy messes of analog photographers. We we have an image. The male film photographer has a look, which uh, it's very baseline, could be described as, I don't know, Hamish. I mean, if we're going to go for real bottom wrong here. Um, <laughs> and Mike's kind of ruining that. So, you know, uh, you go, go on just to that. Um, I, I do think that part of the reason you got into photography has to be the fact that you do like putting yourself in front of a camera as well, though, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind both ends of the camera, I guess. I'm a big ham. I got to admit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there would be any denying it. Uh, even Especially if you want to. all my goofy ass Instagram stories. I mean, those things are ridiculous. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no argument for me there. Well, anyway, now we've uh, done the big show. Should we get into some serious backing paper business here, Mike? Definitely. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start off with some cheap shots entries from this week. Uh, I'll take the first one, which is from Cohen Kallenberg. Cohen writes in, Hi, Sunbeams. Hereby, my submission to the cheap shots challenge. This is not my favorite image for the challenge, but the lab seems to have lost part of my role. And this is actually the only photo I got back that I took for this challenge. Ah, your lab sucks, Cohen. So that's no good. Um, I guess this means I'll have to look into developing color at home. Uh, which you definitely should do. Um, I took this with a Nikon TW20AF on Fuji C200 film, but converted it to black and white as there were some weird colors going on as I was not paying attention and I was mixing incandescent lighting with daylight. 
To focus a little closer than my camera allowed, I used one of those close focusing filters made by Kochan, um, which is apparently how you say it, although there was some disagreement from that after the episode recently, which of course doesn't fit the camera. So I was holding it in front of the lens while I was hoping it got my framing right, as this camera does not allow me to look through the lens. Uh, nice simple setup you made for yourself there. Mm. Kind regards and thank you so much for the show, Cohen. Well, thank you very much for the email, Cohen. Um, so the Nikon TW20F, that's a nice little point-and-shoot camera. Uh, is that what that is? Little that is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being used with a filter. I, now, I've never used any of the close-up filters like that. Have you tried those? No, I never have. Oh, I've well, never heard go. of this Nikon. But, and I really like point-and-shoots, too. And looking at the photo, it looks really, look really sharp. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely photo. Um, yeah. So it's a real close-up of uh, anyway, it looks mm, a hat. It's a hat. It's a hat. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a fedora. Oh, there you go. See, I'm not even hip enough to know what fedora looks like. It's a stripy fedora. Um, yeah. It's uh, I love because how close it is. I love the fact that the patterns really are the thing. The pattern and the texture is just great on this. Uh, also, given the setup that he was using of just holding a lens, holding the close-up lens in front of this point and shoot uh, and crossing fingers, it's focused perfectly where you want it to. Got this nice shallow depth of field and that bit of the brim at the front is just in um, and everything else is out. Really nice, really good graphic image, isn't it? It is. I like it. Uh, I really like all the detail you see in the brim. And then the rest of the fedora fades out a little bit. And that detail in, in the brim of the fedora is really nice. It's a good hat. Good striped hat. I'd wear that hat. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe that. I wouldn't. But, you know, <laughs> we, we have to have some decorum in this country, whereas in Hawaii, anything goes. Have you seen the shirts associated with your country's name? I mean, it's not, not great. Um, <laughs> although I haven't seen a picture of you in any Hawaiian shirts. I'm sure they probably far too many of those must exist. I don't wear a shirt out here, Graham. Oh god! You see, They're that's another... everywhere I go. <laughs> that's a, that's another thing that uh, we have in common is you know you, all, you we both do our um, shirtless selfies, both known for it. The only difference is that people want to see yours, uh, whereas people run screaming from mine. But I mean, other than that, basically the same. Um, Aaron Woods. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read the next one from Ronnie Brandon? I'd be delighted to. Hi, beams. So you asked for fashion. Please find attached Marilyn Monroe in a bondage mannequin. Yes. And I'm repeating that. <laughs> Are we supposed to submit an artist statement again? Don't know if I have the mental energy for that. It's something about the pervasiveness of the male gaze in fashion. How that's led us from frilly petticoats to S&M chains. And all on public display in the street, no less. I drove by these two figures standing outside a junk shop in Boodle, Liverpool, and pulled over. I hope you'll forgive the change of camera for this round. My cheap shots Diana was resting at home, but I did not have a recently discovered Pentax Espio 120 with me. The Espio is a late 90s auto point and shoot. Not my usual thing at all, but I couldn't resist its charity shop charm. A steal from the princely sum of one whole English pound. If you're reading this after 29th March, that's about 10 euros. <laughs> We're all doomed. It, it being fully automatic, my initial thoughts had been to see how the Pentax fared in low light. 
I promptly hacked the DX code to 1600 on a roll of Triax and tried shooting in the dingy light of a gig, stowing the camera in the glove box of my car for the ride home. It was still in there when I spotted Marilyn and her friend a day or two later. 1600 ISO seemed a tad excessive for the cold light of day, so I wasn't expecting much. Stan developed in Rodenol for two hours. It turned out the Pentax is utter crap in dimly lit interiors. Slightly less crap in daylight. Cheers all. Love, Ronnie. Splendid stuff, Ronnie. And I mean, I think the important thing there is he was armed and ready for the situation he found himself in. He had a camera in the car. Always have a camera in the car. Um, do you yeah, always have a camera in uh, whatever it is people in Hawaii scoot around on? A skateboard, I'm guessing. Do you have a camera on your skateboard? Yeah, I've got a big lifted F-150 with a massive V8. Of, of course. It's a monster oh. truck ramp. Of course you do. <laughs> remind me again how big your island is. My tire is probably as big as your car, brother. Your your tire is probably about a third of the diameter of the entire island by the sounds of it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know what they say about men with big cars. I mean... <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so these pictures are from Ronnie. Uh, let's have a look at these two. Uh, yes, a couple of great mannequins found there. Um, I'd love to know what, what do you reckon they should try to sell these? Um, probably. I quite like how um, kind of grungy they've come out of the Pentax because they definitely have got, you know, these are not flawless victories uh, as pure image quality goes because um, the, the highlights are completely blown out uh, and everything else is kind of a bit, but it's, it's, I think it's added to the look of them for myself. I don't know. What do you think? I think they're fantastic. Of course, I love Marilyn Monroe with her skirt up, first of all. But um, I like, yeah, the, the stand developing, too. I, I really like the grain in these photos and the composition of them as well. And I like on the second photo, the, the bondage mannequin. I'm trying to work out everything that's, that's on her body. I mean, there, there's a lot going on with their chains. Mm. It's, it's a, yeah, it's quite a look going on there on this mannequin. Um, yeah. It is, yeah. It, cool. And then, Very... and, and then right behind her is Marilyn with her skirt up again, the iconic image, of course. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and above their heads is a pram just hung high up in <laughs> above a wall. It seems like a weird place that Ronnie was swinging by. And this is on the street. These pictures are on the street. So, um, yeah, and the baby carriage. There's a baby carriage right up there too. Yeah, looks like... <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, well, nice spotted. job, Ronnie. Yeah, Very nice cool. job, Ronnie. Okay, uh, the next one we've got, uh, and actually I think it's the last of the cheap shots for this week, is from Hillary Clark. Hillary writes in, Hi, Sunbeams. Here's my entry for the Cheap Shot Challenge fashion round. This was taken on the Voigtlander Vito B with Poundland Agfa Vista in the fashion wholesale, oh, sorry, the wholesale fashion district in Manchester. And here's the artist statement. I am deliberately juxtaposing the fleeting transience of fashion represented by the decay of the sign with the permanence of the inked tattoos available down the alley. The no-entry sign depicts the discriminatory exclusivity of high street fashion, um, but I'm sure 
that really needed no explanation from me, as it's also very obvious from the photo. Hoping to see you all in Birmingham. Best wishes, Hillary. And there's a little PS here. But obviously, this will make a lot more sense if you're looking at the pictures. And the pictures will all be linked to in the show notes. So if you want to see these pictures that we're talking about, just go to the show notes, click on the link there, and you'll be able to see them all. Um, the PS. Just found out this morning that on my entry for Cheap Shots Challenge, the window sign of Tina's tattoo isn't a real sign. It's left over from the BBC production of Age Before Beauty, which was filmed in Manchester. So another layer of fake fashion, maybe. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. I think that's cool, too. And I very much like the artist statement. It's always good to have a well thought out justification for the nonsense uh, going on. <laughs> uh, well done, Hillary. Great stuff. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, a, a great, just a great old brick building in Manchester. Uh, nicely graffitied. There's a sign, uh, like a road sign covered in stickers. It's good and grimy. Um I like it. And this wholesale is of ladies' fashion. It doesn't look like a terribly high-end fashion area, does it? No, no not at all. It looks like uh, an alley. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not a fashion area at all, for sure. It's just a, a interesting brick building, yeah, with the yeah. graffiti on it. And what, what is that? Those are roses on the windows, then. Yeah, so that's... That's the thing that yeah. says Tina's tattoos, these lovely ah, sort of um, window yeah. signs. But uh, yeah. apparently, yeah, they were leftover set of dressing for a TV show. So, um, what is the the Voigtlander Vito V? You ever you ever see one of those, Graham? No, the I, I think the Voigtlander Vito, Vito B is an old point and shoot. Essentially, I think it's probably I don't know it's a zone focusing, but it's um, of that ilk probably from the 60s if i had to guess um the, the, um but yeah basically a, a, an old obviously not automatic or anything like that you had to sort of set everything yourself um but similar to things like the ag first selects i could list other things that, a lot of things that are similar to but if you've not come across that ilk of camera it probably wouldn't be any help at all but fixed lens um you either full manual focusing or um the zone focusing system on them and you can usually with those set the shutter speed and aperture as well um uh, but i'm not sure with that particular one there was a, the kodak um retinets i think were very similar so if you maybe came across those i think they were more common ones the retinet bees and stuff like that mm-hmm. sure i'm familiar <laughs> with that yeah there you go so that that kind of thing just kodak it's an american product of course i know what that is yeah exactly exactly <laughs> play to the home crowd i thought i'd be on sex um... I'm I'm interested in researching or googling all the cheap shot cameras that people are using because uh, a lot of them, when you discuss them, I, I've never heard of the cameras before. So I'm always really interested to go check them out and see what they are. And I'm going to have to do that with both of those from today so far. Yeah, I mean, that's I, the yeah. nice thing about the cheap shots challenge is that like by its very nature you're kind of being pushed towards the cameras that nobody else wants because they're the ones that are cheap um like the camera that i use for the cheap shots challenge is a bridge camera um you know a film bridge camera you no nobody wants those no i mean you know they're just no thank you a film bridge camera it is neither one thing nor the other um but a few of them do exist and that's what i'm using because well, why not? Um, although, to be fair, I have figured out why nobody wants them. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And you know, we get some people who've managed to get some really good bargains on good cameras, which is also fantastic. But yeah, you do see some cool stuff 
And the thing that it does throw up over and over and over again is that um, it doesn't matter what you're shooting with. If you've got a good eye and some you know, ability with what you're doing, you're going to make something interesting. Uh, it's um, what What is your camera of choice? Well, I, for the Cheap Shots Challenge, I was using the Nikon EM. I got that for five bucks. It was really nice little score i mean it's, it's a piece of junk but um yeah judging by the way it overlaid your negatives it looks like it and but when, I, not- when i'm not doing that um pretty much the olympus xa or if i if i want to travel light or the nikon f3 mm-hmm. for a 35 millimeter and if i'm going in the water i take a nikonos with me yeah you know that that waterproof one but mostly it's just been large format since 2019 that was kind of my 2019 thing yeah just wanted to get into large format so i've been shooting a bunch of that lately it's a lot of fun so what are you what are you using for large format trix no I mean, what camera you wally oh oh yeah uh my <laughs> grandfather's speed graphic oh awesome yeah that's very he, cool he passed away a while ago and i've had that camera for some time uh, my cousin, when I started getting into film photography, she wound up getting it, and she saw I was really enjoying shooting film, so she said, oh, I've got a surprise for you. You're really going to like this. And it came in the mail, and I opened it up. I had no idea what it was. I'm like, what is this thing? I'm going to like this. I don't know what this thing is. And, um, yeah, so it sat there for a long time, and uh, I just started recently using it, and I love it. I'm so hooked. Large phone has so much fun. Yeah, I'm uh, having. I've dabbled in it a little bit, and I'm looking forward to getting into it more myself this year. Um, there, there is just something about that process uh, that uh, you know, it's it's just a different experience again. It's not not better or worse than medium or small format. It's just a different experience. Um, and uh, that it's uh, as somebody. Um, I can't remember which podcast it was on. It may have even been the one that you were recently guesting on. You were a guest on the uh, Graincast podcast. It just came out, weren't you? Um, yes. And it might have been on that that somebody was describing it as a sort of meditative um, process, shooting large format, uh, which I, I definitely agree because you can't rush it. Um, and I really like that about it. So I'm, I'm hoping to do more of that this year. Um, yeah, and the direct positive paper with it as well. I mean, shooting the 4x5 the direct positive it's it's really rewarding. It's tricky stuff. Um, I, I'd say I get about fifty percent of them come out. So yeah. When they do, it's just a little piece of magic in your hand. What do you find? Because um, I've used the dig- the direct positive stuff a, a bit. Um, what do you find is the what makes it tricky for you? Well, they're either they're either just right or they're either white or or completely black. Gotcha, so yeah. That's, that's kind of my experience. Be, <laughs> I think it could be also the shutter sticks at the slower speeds on this speed graphic yeah. uh, with the lens. So maybe it needs a cleaning. And because, you know, at 3 ASA or whatever, when you're metering for that, you need that the slower shutter speeds, of course. And I think that could be part of the problem. Because when I have it at like 125th at f4.7, and the sun's out at noon. They all come out perfect. They all come out great. Yeah. So that's sort of the formula I've been using for now anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever works, whatever works. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. So that was the cheap shots pictures for this week. Let's move on to the other emails we've got. Uh, and um, this first one. Uh, do you want to read this first one? Titled Lubitels, Drongos, and Eating Humble Pie. Yay. This is from. That sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I know what humble pie is. I don't know what the other stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be an education for you. Uh, this is from Matt Jones. So, um, yeah, take it away. Hi, Sonnies, and particularly, hi, Graham. I think this one's for you, Graham. For some time now, I've been thinking you were a bit of a, a drongo, Graham. Graham, are you a drongo? I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not a drongo. A drongo is a great kind of Australian insult. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are very few insults which couldn't really be applied to me. So, yeah, I'm probably a drongo. All right, right on. Okay. Just because of the way you diss one of my favorite cameras, the Lubitel. I have made some of my most favorite images with my Lubitel. In fact, I love it so much, I just ordered a second one. But this is when things changed. For starters, it arrived from the Ukraine in two parts because the brilliant eBay seller saw fit to only package it in a plastic bag with no padding. Not the end of the world. I pulled out the super glue and black sergo, sergo, sugro, sugro, yeah, and sorted it out. No need to panic. However, the next day I screwed on an, what is that thing? Arca right Swiss plate. There you go. And the entire tripod mount just crumbled into small <laughs> black particles on the floor. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this was getting disappointing as the new 166B looks exactly the same as my original 166B, which has traveled the world with me and is still rock solid. To further annoy me and prove that Graham is in fact not a drongo, I, found, I guess you're not a drongo after all. I found the viewfinder pop-up doesn't spring up by itself. The focus eyepiece hardly stays down. The film advance sounds grindy, and the shutter is so stiff, you shake the camera each time you press it. What a bloody lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize profusely, Graham, for the bad vibes I've been sending you. It's going to be all roses from here on in. And with Lubitels, it really is potluck. Cheers, Matt Jones in Thailand. P.S. Lubitel print. It's a great infrared camera because the lens doesn't have all those pesky coatings. That is a lovely email. I think being told that I'm not a drongo is possibly the greatest compliment I have ever been played. So thank you very much for that, Matt. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the problem with a lot of these Russian cameras is it <laughs> the, the quality is so variable on them. In fact, I think as I walked through the front door this evening, I was listening to the classic. No, not the classic lenses. I was listening to the classic camera revival podcast. It's very confusing. There's a lot of podcasts. Um, and the thing they were specifically talking about was uh, the Russian lens, the Jupiter 8, which um, I've heard mentioned a few times on the Classic Lenses podcast. It's quite popular. And they were talking about the fact that if you use that particular lens on a Leica, because the 
something or other is the wrong length, he won't be able to focus properly. But they said that because the quality was so variable on these things that sometimes people just never even notice it's a problem because they were so out of whack with what they should have been that they're actually in whack on, on the Leica. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it's great. Um, and you know, I, ha- I have seen both from, from Matt and, and Matt including this fantastic picture, which unfortunately I didn't share anything so you can't see it, but you'd have to take more of it. This fantastic picture of uh at the front end of a really cool looking truck shot on infrared um and it looks stunning looks like a lovely picture uh so they clearly can take good pictures and if you've got a good one then i'm very jealous um of you because you know you can have clearly a lot of fun and make some great work with them but oh some of them are just such utter pieces of crap um mm. and the one that i've got certainly is that have you got any experience of lubitels or any russian cameras in general well just a 16 millimeter one i had uh the krasnogorsk three for mm-hmm. shooting 16 millimeter film oh awesome. so I had, yeah i had a wide version and then just the the standard um and one worked very well, and the other one was just a hunk of junk. I mean, it was falling apart. So, and it was the same camera. It was exactly the same. The, the only thing is, you know, they um, changed the way the lenses. They just add this little adapter thing or whatever. But um, yeah, I found it amazing how one works so <laughs> very nicely, and the other seemed to be falling apart all the time. Yeah, that's the story of Russian cameras for you, everybody. Yeah. Caveat emptor, as the expression but, goes. But, I mean, when the working one, the movies were awesome, you know, shooting the 16mm film, and it was a really inexpensive way to get in a shooting 16mm, so I would do it again, too. I mean, oh, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> Does that mean there's a fire? Because you are actually in the fire station at the moment. Does that mean you have to run away to a fire? Hold on one moment. Yeah, so no, that's not a fire. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it the announcement at a local holiday camp? Because it does sound a bit like it might be. <laughs> You're <probably laughs> so not familiar with Heidi High, but <laughs> that's the PA tone. So just if there's something coming over the loudspeaker, yeah, because I, I am at the fire station right now. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I'm working. Yeah, that's what. Well, it is. is a Sunday. Sundays are typically a slow day for us on the weekends. People yeah. don't like to ignite themselves at the weekend. That's good. I'm glad that people are um, thoughtful with regards to that. Um, okay, uh, I'll, I'll buzz through this next one very quickly, and then I'll get on to the, the end tree, as always. Um, we've got email here from Ian Fleming. Uh, Ian writes in, Dear Sunbeams, I set up a photo walk for Saturday the 23rd of March around Salisbury, which is pretty, plus loads of camera shops. The city deserves love after what it's been through. It's on photowalk.me. Thanks from Ian. So um, check that out, listeners. If you are within travelling distance from Salisbury, Salisbury is a very pretty town. You, did you get to Salisbury when you were living in the country? I don't remember. Where is it at? Uh, it's kind of central south. It's got a big cathedral there. Um, Salisbury, previously hmm. famous for its cathedral, more recently famous for it's Russian boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Greg. <laughs> We're gonna have a transfer, patient transfer, in about twenty minutes. So. Okay, 
we need yeah. to wrap this up a bit quick, but okay, we can no, do no, this. No, no. It's all great. Okay, I, I think it's coming back to me now. Like I said, that was twenty years ago when I was when I was living in in your country. Yeah. So anyway, as I think, yeah, famous famous for its cathedral. Um, recently, far more famous for Russians coming over here and poisoning people. So um, yeah, Salisbury's had a rough time, but but it is a lovely city. It's one I haven't visited in years. Um, ah, oh, and it's a, sadly it's a weekend when I know I'm working, so I can't get down there. But it's uh, definitely worth checking out for anybody who can go to photowalk.me and sign up for that. And um, and I shall I shall also tackle tackle this last one um, because. It wouldn't be a week without a missive from our good friend, Jeremy North. Uh, this one titled, Refinding One's Mojo. Uh, Sonny's Mr. A, Mrs. B, and Mr. Ninjago. Well, it's been a week, hasn't it? Ethan was a brilliant guest in more senses than one. He is obviously a mechanical optical genius, but he has also totally got the bants. I love it when US Asians... I can't say Americans, as the USA is only a small part of that continent. Get the British sarcasm and run with it. It shouldn't be a surprise, as most of the greatest spoof films come from the USA, but quite often they don't get our humour. Um, now, listen, you, you're well-travelled, Mike, uh, so you obviously you got exposed to British humour at an early age. Um, is, is this true? Do you think that, you know, in general, Americans um, not so good with British humour? You, uh, what's your take on this? It's definitely a different sense. For sure. Uh, at least it was back then when I was living over there. It took me a while to adjust to it, but a little bit more dry. And uh, it's fun, though. I mean, I like it. I like the sarcasm of it. Uh, well, at least on our podcast, you don't have to deal with any of that. Um, we're just mm -hmm. polite and lovely all the time <laughs> on their round off. Um, Ethan, however, was on top form. He even went into details about inductor capacitor resistor setup for shutter timing. That's not geekery. That is expertise. I love it when people know their subject inside out. The jeans banter was so much fun. I hope you're going to buy some of those jeans then, Jeremy. I hope you get him back on the show soon. Um, you are certainly not the only person to share those sentiments, so I'm sure we will force him to come back on. I forgot to tell you about a really good resource of inspiration. A few weeks ago, I went to a workshop day on portrait photography. It was a Panasonic Lumix event promoted by the London Camera Exchange. Even though its premise was to show off Lumix cameras, the whole thing was very much wider than that. It was hosted by Damien Demolder, who some of your older listeners may remember was the editor for many years of Amateur Photographer magazine, as well as being a freelance photographer. There were only four of us there, so it was quite intimate. His presentation was very interesting, and we had lots of interaction, followed by a practical session using all the camera and lighting kit. Best of all, it was free. Woo! I love free. Last Friday, I went to the next in the series, which was about macro. This was even more fun. The practical side was more involving, and we had more opportunity to play with the gear and produce something. Overall, while I see the advantage of digital over analog for the immediate feedback, I just feel inspired to have done something photographic. I'm not saying this to gloat, but I just wanted to say that there are sources of inspiration which are readily available but may not be apparent. Even though I pop into the LCE quite often, it was only a chance remark I made which got them to tell me about these workshops. Unfortunately, I missed the street photography one which had already gone. Anyway, for all of your listeners who feel like me that they've lost their mojo, hang on and look for opportunities like this. 
The last few days have been sunny and having finished my week's work early, I decided to do a couple of photo walks of my own in the Cheltenham Town Centre, which is only a few minutes walk away. So many times I've gone into town with my camera and not shot anything, but this time I did. I even met with a really nice young chap who I saw was taking pictures in Montpellier who was shooting on film with a Leica M6. Of course, I told him about your podcast. Thanks, Jerry. He even has a darkroom, but knows nothing of the upsurge in analog photography. I wonder how many others are missing out on the Sunny 16 experience. Saturday presented a great occasion on a plate. When I was on my Thursday jaunt, I met a lady who was promoting an anti-Brexit, an anti-Brexit event, of which there are quite a few at the moment. She was lovely, bubbly, and I photographed her, and she told me of the planned demonstration on Saturday. The event was a great opportunity to do some street photography. These organised events are great. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I'd encourage anyone to use these public occasions to get out there and make pictures. No one thinks it's odd. There were so many people taking pictures of what was happening. To cut a very long story, not at all, I just want to say that it's great to be inspired by whatever comes along. I've not felt like this in years. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Right now, I love everyone, so make the most of it. Yay! (laughs) Uh, A lovely email from Jeremy. And I could not agree more with what he's saying there um i i inspiration can come from anywhere but the only place it cannot come from is just sitting and doing nothing and i love that jeremy went well i'm not really into digital photography but i'm going to go and have a you know do these workshops anyway and it's clearly just completely reinvigorated him with what he's doing um is this a problem you ever run into uh, Mike, uh, with inspiration failing on you, or are you just generally quite driven the whole time? I, I'm just always driven. I mean, I have a list of about 50 different things I want to try with photography. I'll be lucky if I get to 10 of them with how busy I am, but there's just so much I want to do, and even with motion picture films. So I, I'm fortunate in that way where I don't get stuck in the doldrums really ever. And again, in Hawaii, you know, it's, there's a lot to shoot out here. So there is nice. a lot to, yeah there's a lot to shoot out there but equally you're living on a small island so i could completely understand if you were like well i've i've seen everything <laughs> I've, yeah. I've wandered around you I mean i think no matter where you are sometimes your own locale can just become boring um sure i mean i i would like to try street photography sometime i mean when what he was saying about you know shooting street um it would take me 10 minutes to walk across the whole town so I would love to go to a bigger city and try street photography, something I've never really done. So there are, there are all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I do think Jeremy's suggestion for um, going to organized events, you know, like the demonstrations that have been going on lately, that's another really good tip. I was one of the last occasions, which was quite some time ago now, that I got to go out on my own and just do a bit of what I very half-arsedly call street photography. Um was in oxford and it was on a very rainy day um mm. and kind of nothing was going on i was like oh yeah I'd, I'd taken a few pictures but um then uh, the demonstration rolled through town it was colorful and people had banners and you know there were there was a brass band playing along and it's like oh great and and the only reason i was able to get pictures was because i was there is because i'd got up and gone well 
inspiration isn't going to come and find me on the sofa. I don't think that's the way that ever works. I think you know you have to kind of get up and go and put yourself somewhere and give yourself the opportunity to be inspired and you know and to, to make connections. You know, Jeremy saw about two people that he met whilst he was out that have led to more stuff, and um, that's wonderful. So yeah, I think there's a a great message in there of just putting yourself out there, especially if you're feeling like you haven't got any inspiration or you, you know, no great desire at the moment, just, just go out, just go out and put yourself out there and see what happens. And, you Absolutely. Know. I, I, I couldn't agree more for sure. Just get off the couch, go outside the door, have a camera with you. Something's going to hit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, like workshops, I mean, go and sign up to maybe go and do some stuff at a dark room near you. That might be a good thing, might it, Mike? <laughs> yes, the Hawaii dark room. Come out. Yeah. Come out to Hawaii. Dark. Everybody. I would love to see people come from all over the world. And I hope that's I hope that's what happens. You know, people who might be traveling to Hawaii, they say, oh, I think I'll go to Big Island because they actually have a dark room. I could go and develop my film that I shoot while I'm there. I think it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Um, set up your own dark room. Set one up in the toilet. Set up a dark toilet. Ye olde dark toilet. That's correct. Yeah, that's what you wanted to call your dark room in Hawaii originally, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I was gonna. It was gonna be the name of the official business, but I have a partner, and he was. He liked the name, but he was kind of skeptical. He thought, "Well, if people are writing checks to ye old dark toilet for membership dues or whatever, it just kind of get awkward with the bank." So yeah, yeah, we it's, it's, the name. it's good to have a friend like that sometimes. To go, yeah, <laughs> I, I like the name, but when I say that, I don't really mean that. I think it's a dumb idea, and you should definitely not do this thing with our business. Um, <laughs> yeah. He he's more of the uh, the business side because he already has a print shop out here, so he kind of knows how local business works and stuff. And I'm more of the driving face of the um, endeavor, so I'm pretty much you know designing the space, and putting everything together from what I know, and with a lot of help from friends who know. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that I'm very thankful for that are giving me direction and helping make this happen. I'm very appreciative. I mean, we're getting donations in of equipment too, so it's it's just really nice to see how much people are willing to help out to make something happen that they might never even use. It's just fantastic, and I just couldn't be more thankful to everybody who's participated. So thank you, Yeah, if you're listening. I mean, I mean there's a few people from England. You yourself, Graham. Yeah, exactly. And it seems unlikely that I'm going to get over anytime soon. Um, but, you know, hope springs eternal. I did tell Sinead this evening, my partner said, oh, I'm, you know, chatting to Mike. He's all the way over in Hawaii. And, he, and her response was, yeah, all these people you're chatting to, I mean, they are just all handing out open invitations just to go over there and stay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's that's what I think. Uh, essentially, anybody who supports your Kickstarter can just go and stay at your house whenever they want. Right, Mike? Absolutely, man. Yeah, go. I've got I've got a whole acre they could camp in. Exactly, a whole. <laughs> see, that's, that's quite tempting, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. It's, it's warm where nice. you are. Well, I mean, there's palm trees and hibiscus flowers everywhere. I, I like those things. From the beach, so yeah. yeah. Do you like those great. things? Yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. fan of palm trees and hibiscus flowers. All of these things. They're, they're, <laughs> and and the beach is great too, as long as you don't maybe try and surf or anything. That's fine. Um, the lava yeah. has stopped. There's no more eruption, so you don't have I, to worry about that. Yeah. Again, I uh, we were looking on the map just before we started, and uh, one of my favourite things that, that there is a town uh, on your island called Volcano, which is the most on the nose name for where it is ever. Uh, where do you live? Oh, Volcano. Oh, what's it's in here? Right Vol- on top Volcano. Of 
Yeah. Right next yeah. to the crater. Yeah, yeah. They really run out of energy there. Um, anyway, leading on from what you were just saying about the kindness of people and supporting what you were doing, uh, I would, as always, like to say thank you to the people this week who have so kindly donated to us on coffee. Um it's fantastic your people's ongoing support and just the lovely messages that people are leaving are wonderful um they uh it, I, I was trying to we were talking about this before we started recording and just that thing of as you said people supporting something just because they want it to be there not because they're going to personally benefit from it um is amazing and uh we continue to be incredibly grateful for this so um the first person we've got a few secret donors this week uh um uh and and as these are secret donors i never feel like i like to give the names away even though i know who they are for the most part um but uh the first secret donor, thank you so much uh all i will say is it is a recent guest um who's very kindly donated and um and i would highly recommend that uh anybody maybe who perhaps has an interest in one two seven cameras get, gets out there and shoots some film and keeps them out for the next one two seven day because uh, they come around regularly um I want to say a huge thank you to jess jones um jess is on instagram uh, and her account is at yesy ones and that's y-e-s-s-y-o-n-s uh great selection of pictures in there jess is shooting with a wide range of cameras and films um pack film there's some great sprocket stuff on there lots of really fun stuff um just a, a, a lovely mix board which i always love seeing um and just some really nice colorful pictures on as well um see a lot of black and white stuff on film because we love shooting black and white film but it's always really nice to just click on the account and go oh there's some just great color stuff going on here um I want to say a huge thank you to Lauren. Uh, I, I, I'm very sad. I was not able to track down where Lauren is on Instagram or Twitter. I'm so Lauren, if you're listening, which I, I hope you are, because if you aren't listening and you support us, that's incredible and crazy. Um, if you are <laughs> listening, let me know where you are on Instagram and Twitter so I can properly say thank you uh, and point you out. But thank you so much to Lauren. Um, Krista Brand, uh, who has sent in an excellent ear. Uh, Blah. Entry for the Cheap Shots Challenge already, which we discussed a few weeks back. The lovely uh, glass dress. Um, it's not sensible, not safe. Um, he's at CB underscore 13 on Instagram. And again, loads of fun stuff on there. Lots of nice black and white stuff. There's some pinhole stuff on there. A good cross section of stuff there. Um, and another secret donor to finish up. Um, I said I, I will not share the name because that, you know, that spoils the secret. Uh, but I will share the message that came with it which was have a cringe cup of tea you filthy capitalists um <laughs> so thank you very much everybody um like i said it is incredibly helpful uh and yeah it's just letting us do stuff um i'm hoping well actually i'm not hoping if i don't get off my backside and make it happen we will have some stickers for the to take to the photography show and um i said i am fully uh, fully intending to send those further out than just people we meet on the photography show um so there's lots to do uh, and lots to get organized with and i suppose i really ought to get around to getting organized with it um but yes thank you so much to everybody on that Mike, before we get out of here, where can people find you on Instagram? Because that's where you mostly hang out. Yeah, I am at Aloha underscore Big Mike. And then the Hawaii Darkroom is just going to be at Hawaii Darkroom. So 
those are the two spots I frequent the most for sure. And yeah. I'm on there pretty much all day long. I have my <laughs> phone set up so it um, shuts off the app and then I ignore my limit every single day. And I usually hit that limit by like nine in the morning. So uh, it's not very useful except to tell me that, um, you know, you're sad. You're sad you're on here all day long. <laughs> oh, well, at least, I mean, it's helping you be aware of it. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you love to put up your Instagram stories, uh, many of which might involve you singing or flexing in the gym. <laughs> or... Did you like my musical one where I sang My Fair Lady while I was printing? Yeah, that was lovely. There was, yes, uh, as quite, there's one of Mike singing My Fair Lady with a, uh, what you described to me as a British accent, uh, which I, I thought think, it was perfect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very good. They're very well done videos. I have to say, they are very well done. Um, your love of being in front of the camera is very evident. Um, you are a complete ham. Um, which is pretty funny because we were talking here for what, an hour and a half before we started recording? And then when you told me you started recording, I got stage fright and I felt like a bumbling idiot most of the time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think you've been fantastic. It's been an absolute delight getting you on here and getting to chat and wish you every success with the darkroom. Although I don't think you're going to need it. I think it's going to be fantastic. And I sincerely hope that one day I can come out to Hawaii and make the most of it. Um, we may really have to let the coffee <laughs> donations build up before the three of us can hop on the plane and get out there. But, you know, I mean, give it, I don't know, four or five years. <laughs> Maybe. I certainly hope we'll be here in four or five years. I and, have um, no doubt. Yeah. It's, I, I really hope to meet you someday, Graham. Yeah. Absolutely. Come on out. Anytime. And, you know, we've got a nice yard you could camp in. So. Wonderful. Anytime. There you go. <laughs> who, who could resist an offer like that? Um, we are not far away from the photography show. Um, there was... Uh, a PS, believe it or not, to, uh, to Jeremy's epic missive um, relating to the photography show. But I'm going to share that. Share that. I'm going to save that. Yeah, that's more accurate. Till next week, um, until I've had time to kind of think my way around uh, the the um, way of dealing with it, which will make sense next week when I explain it to you. Um, but it's good. It's good. Um, so if you haven't already got your tickets and gone to photowalk.me to let us know you're coming to the photography show in Birmingham on the 16th of March please do, we would love to see you there it's going to be great fun um, if you've enjoyed hearing Mike on the show tonight and would like to hear more of him and especially hear uh, stories of his misspent youth and his misspent middle age and the, I think some of his misspent current <laughs> age um, do check out um, Against the Grains podcast which is Graincast uh, on iTunes and everywhere else where podcasts are uh, and also we had uh, I meant to mention at the time but we had that great uh, email from Matt Jones from Thailand uh, and Matt was a recent guest on the Negative Positives podcast um, I think it was episode 204 so do check that out as well uh, because if you enjoyed the contents of Matt's email I'm sure you will enjoy hearing him chatting to Mike and Andre um, well worth listening to with that listeners we are done uh, I hope this works this week we're trying yet another <laughs> 
way of recording this week. This is uh, the third week. We're trying something different. This time, I'm sure it'll be fine and will definitely not yeah. cause me hours of extra work. I'm sure. The car only dropped twice. so Yeah, exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, it's a video, not audio. So, again, I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure that's absolutely fine. Um, but playing us out will be the wonderful Schnauzer with Remortgaging the Nest of Hairs. Thank you so much to them. And uh, Of course, it's Duncan from Silverpan Labs. And uh, I finally got around to sending my film, including a roll of 110 film, to Duncan over at Silverpan Film Lab. So I'm really looking forward to actually seeing some photos that I've taken at some point in the last year and a half or so, because things tend to hang around for a bit. So, um, yeah, if you, you have do some that roles... as well, huh? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I have I have cameras with film in that at this point. I probably had that film in for over two years. So, you know. Wow. That's a lot longer than me. I you can't. To... Marinate, marinate about six months or so at least but two years holy cow listen mike you can't rush genius that's all i'm gonna <laughs> say on that um, we will be back with the sunny 16 podcast on thursday this week listeners uh brace yourselves i think if my memory serves me correctly uh, we are being joined for certain by one annual mystery and possibly by Stephen Dowling as well. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm hoping, very much hoping we are, um, because those gentlemen want to share their feelings about the current prices uh, and the way that the secondhand film camera market is going, but especially about some of the high-end point-and-shoot. So that could be a good... <laughs> ranty podcast to look forward to so brace yourselves for that coming this thursday until then uh it's goodbye goodbye everybody thanks for having me graham it's a pleasure mike an absolute delight <laughs>